1: Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Disasters. I am joined by my handsome co-host, The Groots. Yes, indeed. And I'm, of course, Murphy, whether you like it or not. And tonight, we are going to do a little something new, because we thought we would get a little nasty with you.
0: I love it. Yeah.
1: Well, big shock. You love getting nasty.
0: Indeed. (laughs)
1: Uh, And we're not saying that just to get a rise out of you. We are going to be talking about the video nasties, uh, which is a term uh, that's UK-based in origin. And while it is something that primarily affected how films were created and distributed and seen across the UK via, um, you know, the VHS boom, it has echoes across the world, has echoes in the United States. And it's something that like, as people that love weird, shocking, exploitive, and everything in between cinema, you know, it's something that I feel like we should take into account because if anything, The Video Nasty Cycle, the MPAA, and things like that will show us that time and time again, people will try to stop people from making different kinds of art if they don't fit their criteria of
0: wholesomeness. You are absolutely correct. And um, this term obviously was really popular in the 80s. This is when Mm -hmm. it came about. However, um, I want to backtrack just a little bit because I want to give a little history of how this series, which is going to be a series, <laughs> yes, it is, became a thing um, when I asked you mm-hmm. if you would be so kind as to join Beautiful Disasters, which I'm still flattered and
1: shocked about. If I'm being completely which honest, which made so much sense, to everybody,
0: <laughs> you know. But in any case, um, we started talking about you know new ideas, mm-hmm. and this was something that you. Came up with and threw off the top of your head, and it is such a fucking good idea. Yeah. And I guess just to, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty and the history of the Video Nasties, I guess let's talk a little bit about what this series is going to entail, what we're going to be doing over the next several episodes
1: several episodes is definitely an understatement as we've got you know at a minimum somewhere around like 80 films to discuss yes. um at minimum and that's if we don't stretch it uh to some of the others that were not prosecuted but were definitely cut and otherwise restricted by right. this movement um so basically um what we're going to be doing is going through segments of the films that were either prosecuted successfully as a, as a result of the Video Recordings Act of 1984 in Britain, requiring uh, a new certification of video releases by the BBFC, um, or, you know, th- the lesser amount that was not prosecuted or otherwise unsuccessfully prosecuted. Um, and I, we're going to try to balance those two out. So each time we record, um, we're going to try to do one that was successfully prosecuted, um you know what we feel you know its relevance to cinema war and likewise one that was unsuccessfully prosecuted for as long as we can parallel those and i'm going to go ahead and tell you guys you know there are there are four films that involve um nazi exploitation on this list we are going to do those films and episodes, because each one is going to each episode is going to have two films, and we're going to do those films together. So that way, if for some reason you know if that's just your line and you don't want to hear us talk about those films,
0: you can just skip that episode as a whole. But there's so much problematic shit <laughs> in, in, yeah. the, in these movies. Yeah. I mean, okay, so we're talking about the video nasties, and before we get into like really the nitty gritty of, of of what they were and and, and the history behind it, mm-hmm. they were basically censored films uh this this push came out of britain it was movies that were so obscene that they had to be censored right right and this well initially
1: but you know at a certain point they also just started grabbing you know films off the shelves that looked like they could be lascivious. I know I know we're going to
0: get into that I know I know we're going to get into that I just feel like it's worth mentioning I'm just <laughs> no no we're going to mention that <laughs> but I just want to say very briefly the video nasties were basically a a, a list of Censored films. There mm-hmm. was there were seventy two films yep. um, that were in the initial list, and there was a tertiary list later. As you mentioned earlier, there was a prosecuted list and a non prosecuted list, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into uh, you know the details of those. But for the most part, what we're going to be doing on this series is going through the whole list of the yep. seventy two, uh, going over two different movies each episode Mm -hmm. so we've got at least 36 episodes and you know if it's really popular maybe we'll do the third list who knows yeah but uh you know it's we'll probably watch those anyway so we're going through basically (laughs) the notorious 80s censored genre movies it's mostly horror uh, some exploitation some some definitely exploitation yeah there's a lot yeah as you mentioned already there is some nazi exploitation Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of revenge films rape revenge films there's animal attack films is another huge subgenre. there's cannibalism there's all Some kinds of stuff these are the grossest of the gross these are the ones that like yeah. e- everybody in, in, in polite society was like oh this can't be art
1: yeah it's, it, that was definitely one of the other categories was things deemed an odd artistic effort which is I think a big part of what specifically struck me as something that like I know that other people have talked about this before but yeah. you know what struck me as something that was so appropriate for beautiful disasters in particular, um, because you know it's it's there's such a wide variety of film out there, and the the freedom to make that absolutely that film is very important to me. And like, yeah, not everybody's going to go see every kind of film. I'm not going to like every single film. You know, it'd be kind of weird if I didn't. You know, at that point, you know, no, like, there is
0: like, a there 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 are a million podcasts out there. There's mm-hmm. a million film critics essayists yep. people writing books about all kinds of film we just happen to be doing the ones that are more genre related because that's uh that's our jam here you Heck know? yeah like i love a carousel film i love a lot of different kinds of cinema mm-hmm. we just happen to be on this series bd gets nasty we are going to go into the video nasties we are going to go through all the movies that made a bunch of british people super stuck up
1: we're just going to give the biggest middle finger we can to mary whitehouse who was the person who led the campaign to you know get the the video nasty craze going that would lead to that you know recordings act um which was in a sense uh, a refinement of the obscene publications act of 1959 which was you know then amended in 1977 okay a okay, okay. lot well, erotic uh, films we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves i know i'm just saying that this is all like so Her push. Yes.
0: She was an uber cunt, and I don't mean that in any kind of a gendered way. I mean it in the Cut British way. Cunt is just
1: way. a delightful word. In, it's actually my favorite say. swear word. It is.
0: <laughs> yes. It is the, it is best used by the Brits, which a lot of this information, a lot of this history is coming out of Britain. Yeah. She was like the UK tipper gore. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I mean? Jesus. But absolutely, let's get into the history Yes, let's, let's dig in a little. So, why don't you begin? <laughs> give, give us give us a start point so we can kind of get into what the video nasties were, where it came up. You, you mentioned 1959 as a start. Okay, point, right? so
1: 1959 is when their Obscene Publications Act came into came into play, and that you know was for for cinema, and I also believe for for book releases and things like that as well and it was amended in 1977 to cover erotic films because god forbid we acknowledge that each other get naked and have desire right um that's that's too much um but because of when those laws came into effect there was nothing covering home video release so there was nothing that you know would restrict that market and obviously they weren't predicting the boom of vhs and the freedom that would come with it for people to copy and to share and to make their own films more readily
0: right that was the this was the loophole that led Mm -hmm. to the video nasties because the british board of film classification the bbfc in the early 80s exactly that the Mm -hmm. video revolution Mm -hmm. led to that and that's immediately resulted in uber Mary White House <laughs> uh, forming the uh, NVLA was it with the National viewers and listeners Association censor group that's right and um, the term nasty
1: being used to describe horror fiction started in British publishing for paperback originals like um, 1974 James Herbert's the rats and uh, the like night of the crabs and slugs and a lot of it just... Related to the animal attack subgenre and the mimicking of 50s monster movies, but it wasn't just horror novel related where they started curtailing these films uh, or not films these novels excuse me because we're still talking about the use of the word nasty and to refer to to you know published material so that it was also like. The Leone-influenced westerns, the ju- juvenile delinquency novels, the war stories—all of these were things that tended to contain sex scenes, um, and so it's—it's it's, you know often coming back to that link, those links of sex and violence, are the things that drive a lot of the basis of, of honestly, many genre. Uh, genres of of film and book and all sorts of things, just how it yep. is utilized as part of the discussion and to what
0: major extent it occurs. It's going to be really interesting in the future as we go through this series to talk about exactly how much the levels of violence versus sexuality are really balanced out. Mm-hmm. Because some are some films, the way they were put on the list as far yeah. as censored, were totally skewed as 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 to other ones. And um, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, as you were saying, like throughout this history, you know where all this stuff came from. Video box art, yeah, be- really spurned this whole thing, and mm-hmm. and there was a there was a freedom with box art that didn't come with this that that, that movie posters were regulated.
1: Right, they were, as part of the releases, you know, they had to be approved. But box art, especially if you were putting out your own movies, you could go ham. And you wanted something that would get people to grab that movie and have to find out. Lascivious advertising at its finest. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying that in the, like, ooh, let me touch
0: this, you know, sort of way. Well, no, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, I still remember growing up, I'm just old enough to remember going to video stores Mm -hmm. as a young person and being absolutely flabbergasted by the amazing like video box art Mm -hmm. that you could see and there actually was a committee put together called the video packaging review committee the vprc Mm -hmm. which was arranged because it wasn't regulated Mm -hmm. and this kind of like fed into the nvla and the bbfc and everything all kind of came together yeah, with Mary Whitehouse, right?
1: Yeah, and this and this is something that I especially find interesting because uh, we mentioned those cycles earlier, and you know when we we're talking about like the Hayes Code in relevance to American films mm-hmm. and American cinema, you know that was something that we saw come into curtail, you know, the violence and the intensity and what could and couldn't be portrayed as far as homosexuality, and where I do think that the Hayes Code was much obviously much more extreme in its cutbacks of what could and couldn't be i definitely continue to see these cycles of repression paralleled throughout you know and a a marrow uk centric
0: world view um because other countries treat things very differently but well we also have to take into account the era that this came out Mm -hmm. this was the margaret thatcher ronald reagan era Yep. Where this was all happening, where it was a big return to family values and yeah. conservatism, Reagan as the
1: person that brought evangelicism into the White House and all sorts of other
0: yeah, big I know, mean things like that. And this was the same thing happening over here. And yeah. and this woman who felt like this was totally inappropriate in every mm-hmm. way was a crusader. Like she was, like absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. And and the video nasties list and, and designation was really kind of born I mean that was coined by the by the, by the media mm-hmm. the term but yeah you you mentioned the the Obscene Publications Act in 1959 is being like the genesis of this. Yeah, this is where so, we
1: see that come into to action. But that Video Recordings Act of 1984 is where mm-hmm. everything you know became that that full catalyst, where um, it w- they began requiring certification of video releases by the BBFC, and there was a stricter code of censorship for, for these home videos than there was on the cinema release, which I find really interesting because it was basically the opposite of what it was like here Um, because you know you can see so much more on home video or you know take home things than you can see in a cinema I just I, I find that really fascinating and films submitted before that date had to be resubmitted within the following three years otherwise you know there could be there could be fines there could be jail time there could be all sorts of things or they could just simply ban your video and refuse to release it
0: Or they could uh, come into your store, and if you were in violation, they could. uh, They could raid you. They could raid you. They could uh, take all your stuff and Mm -hmm. burn it on a fire, basically, you know, and shut you the hell down, like put you out of business. Never mind
1: if it was your life's work, your way of supporting your family. These brutal raids, they would come in, and you could choose to basically, you know, save yourself from punishment by just outright admitting, like, oh, yes, I. You know i was in possession of obscene materials or i've been essentially peddling obscene materials which is you know one of those things that uh you know it's like you well you can just confess and that's and then it'll be
0: easier on you which is ugh, just so gross you mentioned yeah video video recordings act 1984. Mm -hmm. so we ended up with two lists we had a list of prosecuted films Mm -hmm. that was uh, 39 long Yep. That and were prosecuted then, successfully. Successfully, and then the non prosecutor films, which if you still had them in your store, you could still you could still be fined or still be
1: um, dealt with as like jail time, things like that. You Could be
0: fined. You could be. Uh, they would be confiscated. They yep. could be destroyed. You could be shut down. But Material you might not. Declared obscene. You might not be prosecuted for prison right. time. Right. Know? It might not be
1: to uh, as great a level. Um, and those, and that was the. Uh, List of 33 that 30. were either not prosecuted or were unsuccessfully prosecuted. Correct. Um and like the big push was the UK system of rating things is a lot more varied than ours, where you know, in in this time, you know, we we didn't even have I think the PG thirteen rating was just starting to make its It hadn't happened yet. Yeah, like it was it was it was, be, it was becoming it, talked about. It was here. about to be, yeah. Yeah. And so this is where we still have we have G, we have PG We've got R, we've got NC-17, we've got X. Um, No, no, we didn't have NC-17 yet. Correct. That's right, we had R and then we had X. And they um, divide things up a lot more between like 12, 15, 18, and um, they've got 12A, which is like 12 with an adult and things like that. Um, So this was to try to curtail the supply and the how widespread it would be and how easy it would be to see the videos marked for 15 or 18 release. And so it became a criminal offense to supply these to underage peoples. Yeah. Um, and even to the point, you know, once the era of the internet came around where screenshotting and pictures and things like that became more prevalent, you know, there there's became other Discussions centered on well, you know, is it okay? It's okay to see the film But you still can't be in possession of these screenshots from the film and (laughs) so it became even more divided down of like, you know Scrutiny of of consuming what was
0: considered these obscene materials um one of the little tidbits from this era uh, regarding these films is that because each store had all these videos and there could be different kinds of releases there could be different art mm-hmm. they paid people the british government paid cops yep to watch these videos mm-hmm. all the way through <laughs> and all i can think is that of all the shitty stuff you could do as a cop can you imagine having the job to just watch a bunch of genre movies that would be my perfect i would i would actually be a cop if that was my job
1: yeah but then you would have to then you would either have to lie and be like no no this is fine or then you would have to be the guy that shuts down the thing that he loves or curtails the availability of the thing that he loves um which i kind of suspect i might throw the
0: shitty movies under the bus like faces of death but like yeah, you yeah, know, you know, the other ones. I mean, that's not culturally <laughs> culturally relevant. But you we're know? still gonna watch Faces of Death. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, we are. Oh yeah, we are. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we we've actually seen a great number of these movies. We've already seen, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I've actually I've seen more
1: of them than I thought oh. I would have. When I first heard about this list, because I definitely thought that they were going to be like these, you know, insane, super niche films. And I guess like, you know, if you don't seek out a ton of horror, then they might be. They might feel that way. But right. I do hope that somebody goes out and picks up at least one of the films off of this
0: list from hearing us talk about oh, yeah. it. That no, would definitely I mean, make my day. Obviously, um, there's yeah. a l- bunch of movies on this list that like people will recognize. Easily. I would be really shocked
1: because we are, like I said, we're going to talk about to each uh, episode and we are going to do the same for this episode we just wanted to give you a sort of overview of what we are discussing and what you know what this era was about and why it's still important to remember that this happened and remember and talk about what these films were so i would be shocked if you weren't super aware of one of the at least one of the films that we talked talked about today
0: um i would say something to mention before we do end up moving on is the Daily Mail, one mm-hmm. of the one of the big news outlets in the UK, was a big uh, element in like sort of making this whole situation way more blown out of proportion and yeah. really it, it distributing
1: ex- the panic and the
0: anxiety. Accelerating yeah. yes. It, it, it they was, were the
1: twenty twenty
0: of their time. They it was a big hand yeah. in making this the big scandal of the time. Yes. Because it was big news. Yeah. And they, they they did everything they could. Yeah. You know, they had uh, reporters really go to town in a very unethical way mm-hmm. uh, against uh, you know against a lot a lot of these new video stores, these filmmakers, uh, like yeah. these 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 films themselves. I really did. I got to say, the Daily Mail did a lot for their ratings to make this a big issue when it really...
1: I I definitely remember reading about that as well. And even um, right before we recorded this, we found on YouTube an old video of Siskel and Ebert talking about the video nasties. And it felt very similar to that where they're talking about like, you know, go into your video stores and look in the horror section, see if there's one marked video nasties. Their kids are having these video nasties parties and, you know, do you want your children viewing this? And it's a, you know, who can, who can watch the whole thing and who can't? And I was just like, and I know that there's, there is somebody out there that's doing this, but no, no. We talked about this. That that was a cheap shot. Yeah. I, I honestly think like it was most such mo- this, it was
0: such a shitty thing to do against
1: smaller video
0: stores. Right. This panic was happening so hardcore over in Britain mm-hmm. and I felt like, you know, Siskel and Ebert were early on in their television career at this point, this is the mm-hmm. this is the early to mid eighties or mid eighties, and they were just like, We gotta jump on this now because yeah. this is big news and this is gonna be ratings. Just and feels, they did. it
1: just feels like the video satanic panic you know it's you know one thing happens and they're just like oh it's everywhere yeah. no no it is not and there's a select amount of people that are interested in it but i don't know maybe go to the video store with your kid like i don't i
0: well, yeah, you know like, there's that and also I mean, I want to say it wasn't wasn't everybody over just in Britain, obviously. Give a fuck about the kids. You know, all the punk rockers <laughs> didn't give a fuck, but like, I want to say that there was a little ray of light because there were certain there was an episode of the Young Ones, which was one of my favorite shows from over in Britain. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, funny sitcom satire, and they had a whole show about the video nasties, pointing fun, uh, like poking fun at it.
1: Oh yeah,
0: really, really good.
1: This that was mentioned in the Severin documentary because Severin has. Yes. A really great documentary that's available um, through their website. They've actually got two DVDs. Um, two about parts. It. Yeah, two four,
0: parts. four discs. There's a yeah. lot of content.
1: Yeah. Um, and they they include, like, all the trailers and things for them, so you can kind of get a taste for each one. But, yeah, it's um, the Video Nasty is the definitive guide. Um, so I just wanted to mention that as well because a lot of good information there.
0: Yeah. Their, their two-part documentary is, is really good. Mm-hmm. They also happen to have good. released uh, – I want to say their catalog probably has like 20 of the Video Nasties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I know like that. They, they have a good amount of them in their actual catalog. Which yeah, which
1: I, I love. I actually just ordered a couple of them through their most recent sale, so I've got stuff like cannibal man and and uh uh, sadly i didn't didn't grab anthropophagus but you know got some some coming this way the house on the edge of the park oh yeah yeah, sort of stuff but yeah david gregory is a huge huge proponent of uh, distributing them and i love that apparently only 10 films still remained banned um which we can talk about at a later date oh i didn't even know about that Mm -hmm. yeah last 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 i looked there are apparently 10 films that are still banned
0: Oh, I'm um, super excited to hear about those. We can do that later. Yeah, we can talk um, about those later. I I, I want to mention one quick thing. Something about the fact that there were certain films that were uh, put up to be in the list and banned, mm-hmm. you know, on such little evidence. Like oh, yeah. Their, their title alone. And one of the famous ones was Best Little Horror House in Texas. Yes, I remember which that. Which is so fucking funny because <laughs> there really isn't anything in that movie that's that's on any level no. of these other 72 films, like not even close. Absolutely not. But it was just the title alone. Yeah. They were just like, oh, it must be blah, 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 blah. That sounds filthy. Let's take it. <laughs> so uh, what else you got for background? Are we.
1: I mean, I think we've covered yeah. a big portion of what, you know, we wanted to, to just get out there about what the video nasties were and why we're talking about them. Um, and I do, you know to be fair to at the very least um ebert i know that he has come a long way and you know examining the way that he discussed films in the past so like you know i'm not totally condemning them they just they definitely played a large role in in continuing the problematic nature of discussing films like this and for getting smaller budget things shut down if they didn't if they didn't like them because they were so powerful and it's something that you know we have to acknowledge as people that are interested in genre films and horror films and things that like while they are seeing a renaissance now you know it's definitely been you know it is an other genre and you know to discuss also you know within like grindhouse and other stuff within those categories that may fall you know, along the lines, the outlaw biker stories, and even some war stories, like the the one of the things that I did come across was that the juxtaposition between what happens happens, even including in one of the films we're going to discuss today, and something like Apocalypse Now, very similar acts take place, but they are treated so differently because of what they are as a basis for a film.
0: Hundred so. percent. And yes, at the time. Siskel neighbor were absolutely capitalizing on the fervor mm-hmm. of the movement, and they were doing it for ratings, and we get it. And you know, obviously, like traditionally, they didn't like genre movies that much. They, mm-hmm. you know, to Ebert's credit, he actually came like backtracked on a few movies over yeah. over his uh, career, but whatever, they're dead now. So but,
1: well, I just I just wanted to to put that out there as like an an in fairness note, just to know, like to let people know that like. We're not only condemning people based off of something that happened back in the 80s, because that is the other part of what I think, you know, needs to happen is that people who may form an initial opinion of these films or may even have had an opinion of the films based off of the cover should have the ability and time to reflect and change and update their viewpoints. Because right, I think we're not that trying to be important.
0: the other end of the spectrum from Mary Whitehouse. Right, no. Okay, we're not we're not driving a hard line like. Good oh lord, fuck these cunts and all their, uh, you know, the brethren right. or whatever. That's right. But
1: you know, it's we we discuss their political leanings because it is something. It is a fact. You know, it is, not, and it is something that, like, at times, you know, is inherent in the discussion
0: of film. Right. Um, that was but, the era, etc. And as this series goes along, we will have more tidbits and more. We will, no doubt, dig out more little information here and there about the history of the video nasties. But for the most part, we really wanted to go over the like the main history of it Mm -hmm. in this first intro episode so that you would have a basis for understanding what we're talking about and right we'll have a little recap at the beginning of subsequent episodes so everybody understands what we're
1: talking about yeah and you know
0: I, I will try to do my best to put maybe
1: even like a little note in like the postings about you know subsequent episodes like hey if you don't know what the video and were and just want to listen to the episode you know hop back to this one and that sort of thing work so that you, know, you know it's sounds perfect Yeah, it's But I think that it's uh, probably a great time to dig into our two examples for today to get this shit rolling. Yes. I'm ready to get nasty.
0: So yes, yes. So we have two films and I believe you have the first film...
1: I do. I do have the first film if you're if you're comfortable listening to me talk for umpteenth more minutes. Both of the <laughs> films
0: we're gonna talk about, we chose them specifically because they are very known to yes. most people. So like At the every, very least the names are known. Yes, the names are known. Mo- many people that enjoy genre cinema who might be listening to this podcast maybe have seen these movies or at least know about them. So we're gonna talk about these ones today and then we're gonna get to some weird obscure shit like in later episodes, but
1: yeah, um, so today, uh, my film for today is Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. Groots, what is your film Fuck for today? yes,
0: Evil Dead. Nice, yeah, the original. The, the original, original, yeah, yeah, of that's course. Right. The original, and Sam Raimi directed Evil Dead. Fucking amazing.
1: It. That's right, two films that were honestly revolutionary in their, their own right. Regardless of how you feel about them as films, you cannot deny that each of these films made aggressive and important contributions to the way that films have been shot since then. And I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, I have not found a stronger contestant between, you know, from Cannibal Holocaust that would have been the basis for the found footage genre um a lot of people attributed oh, to absolutely. um it's been attributed to the last broadcast you know it's been attributed to the blair witch and it's been attributed to ghost ghost watch um but cannibal holocaust precedes all of those and the only films that as far as i know again i'm not an infallible being but the only things that preceded that were the mondo films the mondo documentaries
0: well, th- um, which were also
1: used as you know but those are a whole other thing That's those are narrative one. films they're not so but i'm uh, just saying that like including them in that discussion because the mondo films were um part of the inspiration for how cannibal holocaust is put together
0: absolutely, absolutely. so that's and, part and of why i wanted to Ruggiero diodato has yes. said as much yes in the past but you're right mm-hmm. he did a thing with this movie that really hadn't been done in any grand scale and mm-hmm. he did it to such like his his vision of the marketing of this movie was mm-hmm. fucking brilliant yeah,
1: oh man. Because he he, 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 you talk about it. Oh my god, yeah. No, the, <laughs> you want to talk about a marketing scheme that worked too well? Look at the marketing for Cannibal Holocaust. He's going um. to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Almost prosecuted for murder. Had to produce his actors and prove that it wasn't a snuff film. Um,. Just to uh, give you like a brief overview of like what had to be cut from Cannibal Holocaust. It was finally released in the UK in 2001 with five minutes, 44 seconds cut to remove the animal cruelty scenes and the rape scenes. It was re-released in 2011 with only 15 seconds cut to one of the animal cruelty scenes, which I believe was the Kuwati Mundi. Um, Which, you know, we will get into what all of that entails, you know, as we're discussing this film. But that is what had to be cut, ultimately, uh, 20 fucking years after the film's initial release for it to to be seen in the UK, which is just astounding. And, you know, this is a film that purports itself to, you know, as part of its fame to have been banned in 50 countries. And, you know, I do believe that. Oh, yeah. And I won't lie to you. Cannibal Holocaust Is an intense film to watch, to put it as mildly as possible. And the scenes of animal cruelty in it, they're real, which I do not endorse. And there are, you know, there are selection ways to select on the like the Grindhouse releasing DVD Mm -hmm. I have of it. There is a like cruelty free version that you can watch, um, that sort of thing. And I think that there's also, I read somewhere that there's also a like, one with the sex scenes cut for Muslim countries because of the nudity. Yeah,
0: it I think, it I is think something. My, co- my copy is from like Sweden, so mm-hmm. like it's. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing cut.
1: Yeah, no the 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 version that I watched was <laughs> completely uncut, and you know, I'm, I I as tough as those scenes are to watch, you know, I wanted it that way, and. The crazy thing, and I'm definitely not saying to do this in your movie, but part of what I think made it even more intense for Cannibal Holocaust is once you see those scenes of the, like, if once you see an animal die in the film and you realize it's real, the stakes feel different watching it. And it added another layer to, the blurring of the lines for the the found footage aspect of Cannibal Holocaust, which,
0: again, led to it being discussed of whether or not it was a snuff film. I mean, I think there's, that was probably one of the chief movies that qualified for the Video Nasties. Yes. 100%. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you're right, because it was... When it was made, you know, there had been a couple cannibal films before that, but this mm-hmm. was the one that really sparked the genre. And this was is definitely one of the crown jewels of the, oh, specifically
1: yeah. the Italian cannibal genre. It was, 100%. Mm-hmm.
0: And it went to such lengths, and Deodato, what he did for the movie, every choice he made, whether it was the found footage style, mm-hmm. the... The afterwards going back for a second, uh, you know, to go find the missing folks, the, his choices on the score, his unflinching, you know, sort of like depiction of tribalistic violence, hiring locals. Mm hmm. Uh, You know, hiring, you know, people from the Amazon. Yeah, the
1: Colombian, the Colombian indigenous tribes that were cast. There was
0: a lot done in this movie. And he
1: cast primarily Italian and American unknowns as the actors. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even like, and and this is all, again, before the time of the internet, there was no way to easily research who a face on screen was. You just had to know them. And so that all led to these, like, blurring of those lines. And, you know, there, and... Again, if you look into the details of the filming of Cannibal Holocaust, there's there's a lot there and it was definitely a traumatic shoot for for many people involved. Sure. But it is something that without Cannibal Holocaust, we wouldn't have I feel personally that we wouldn't have found footage the way that we know it. I know that at the very least, like, I don't know that Blair Witch ever vocally recognized them as, you know, an influence, but I know that the director of Wreck did. And it's something that, like, even amongst all of this violence, like, we're talking about the, you know, the violent aspects of this story, but it was being used as a discussion, a way to discuss the Italian media coverage of, like, the Red Bridges' terrorism and the focus on portraying violence with little regard to journalism integrity and they like he really diodato really wanted to discuss you know those ethics in journalism the exploitation of south american countries and a whole bunch of things surrounding that yeah but he also
0: wanted to make that movie
1: he also (laughs) wanted to make the movie like i'm not saying and you know and it was made within the boundaries of an italian cannibal film so it it is a very mixed bag of things but it it is one of the things that that I appreciated is is them going back and discovering that what the people thought they were going to find with this indigenous culture wasn't true. Um, And that it was being provoked by the people that were going there to make a documentary and that the people going there to make this documentary that disappeared were trying to start a war between you know groups of people and were doing so by setting fire to villages, by raping Natives by killing their animals, I'm, all sorts of things. I'm
0: really curious to know, you know, or or to ascertain, at some point, how much of that was intentionally conceived of before the vid- before the movie. There's and a good how, chunk how of much it that was, was was after, because you know, because there's there's something we said about the fact that it got so much notoriety and so much fanfare that there was a lot of stuff that was said and stated after mm-hmm. the fact. Yeah but and
1: diodato himself has revisited the way that he discusses this film has, and yeah. the things that he would do differently but you know one of the big things that you know i definitely wanted to point out that i brought up earlier in this episode is that the big thing that had to be cut from Cannibal Holocaust, you know, is the animal cruelty, like the on-screen animal death, which is the thing that was included in Apocalypse Now that wasn't even given a second glance. Right. And that disparity is something that, you know, I think we see a lot. Well, e- that's... And I'm not saying that we should be able to kill animals. I'm do no, not I'm not purporting that. I totally get it. So don't get that twisted. Like, I'm just saying that, like, it, is, it well, is something that I consider very telling for what their, their purposes
0: were. The difference is... And, and this has been longstanding you know with, with, the, with genre film, especially horror film, anything that touches horror in any way, shape or form, it's seen as lesser class cinema. right. And when you have Francis Ford Coppola making his his epic, you know psychological war film, yeah, Apocalypse now, his epic, that's not going to be treated the same way in the eyes of the censors or critics. That's just not how it is. And I'm just saying that, like, animal death is animal death. And it It should be. And the 70s (laughs) were a different time, and there are much more controls in place now. Yes. However, um, I will agree with you 100% on one thing, is that the marketing of this movie was way ahead of its time. And it is, when it comes to the Blair Witch Project, that was the first time subsequently that the marketing worked as well Mm -hmm. in the same fashion. Because I would, people I would
1: also put Ghost Watch in there as well. Ghost Watch is the it was an episode aired by one of the channels of the BBC where um, it mixed actors and actual presenters. When, when did this happen? This was oh gosh, I want to say early nineties. Um, I will have to double check that date. This is a deep um, cut,
0: so that this, nobody knows about. Okay, so um, I agree with you. I will agree with let me you. Pull up that date, one hundred percent. But what I'm saying is on the same... 92. On the same scale.
1: But so it's a deep cut here, but I feel like, you know, in relevance to what we're discussing, it was something that like... So they were investigating this haunting where they had two actual presenters, one in the studio and one on site, people that were known as reporters that were, you know, children's TV presenters or like your daytime TV presenter, that sort of thing. And then, you know, you had like these, you know, quote unquote experts and these actors and like this play of whether it was an actual haunting or whether it wasn't, and he got, there was the fake out. And then it was, you know, it being real and the haunting moving to the studio and that sort of thing, and they aired it. And while they did deliver a notification, like this is a presentation by the BBC, where obviously if you tuned into the beginning of it, it was gonna be fake. The same way that if you analyze Hey, maybe if they're releasing this, you know, found footage of these friends that disappeared in the woods in a cinema, you know, you would be like, well, that seems kind of sketch if this is a real thing. Yeah. But it's the same thing that happened when people tuned in in the middle of World War of the Worlds. I was about to say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I feel like, you know, That's a and better- they were and they were yeah. very
0: much, you know, and I feel role. like that that is a perfect comparison to this episode of of, of TV you're talking about.
1: Yeah. But I, I I'm just saying that all of that, all of that is that you have to acknowledge the the marketing that goes into all of these and it's look true, at Cannibal Holocaust as well. I, I would
0: say there's something different between a live broadcast or a live radio show. Well, they also had people calling in and yeah, yeah. treating it, you know. But onto that was the time, That was at the time. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that I think it's available. This was a film distribution now, as was Blair Witch. Right. That was designed to be the way it was, mm-hmm. and there was intentional marketing that was yeah. done with planning and execution mm-hmm. over time yep there were trailers you know there were yeah. there were all kinds of things that came out which was able to use the the internet to it's
1: advantage now obviously it was in the early sketchy days so you exactly that website. now obviously
0: you know we were far enough along with the internet and everything that like they weren't going to get prosecuted for anything yeah. because you know they weren't fooling anybody behind the scenes but the marketing campaign was was so well done i think it's honestly the closest thing that we've ever had to cannibal holocaust yeah no publicly I do, I do and like as far as like as as far as like media like coverage and, mm-hmm. and everything you know is it real isn't it people sort of wanting it to
1: be real like i think some people really wanted blair witch to be real yeah because the, the mythology of that is so tantalizing it's, i mean i don't necessarily think that anyone wanted cannibal holocaust to be real because that, you know that. that's that's Okay, so somebody out there is probably like, fuck yeah, this is real, bro. But, you know, it's... it's well, Blair Witch is still one of the most therapy. profitable
0: movies ever made. So It is. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the found footage genre continues to be a smart, budget-effective way to make cinema. I mean, you can also look at things like paranormal activity and wreck and quarantine and a whole bunch of other things, you know, mm-hmm. the Hell House LLC, all sorts of things that came after this point of Cannibal Holocaust. And I'm just saying that it is an intense watch, but I feel that it, it is, is. It, that it is worth a watch. It is, and definitely. again, you can find like if you if you do not want to see those scenes, animals you can, being killed and eaten. Yes, yes, they were, and they were, they were eaten. They weren't just like left out there and senseless. No, it wasn't. They weren't just but, tortured
0: and, and left.
1: Right, and they were all, and they were, they were all like quick, clean deaths, and they were eaten, uh, but. You know, if that is something that is too much for you but that you want to you want to check out this film, there are versions out there that you can see. I encourage you to see things in their uncut versions because I think it is best to see things as the director intended them to be seen. I agree. But that is me and I will not make that choice for you or right. ridicule you for that your is, choices.
0: That is... The opinion of how to watch it, however, yeah. You don't need to watch any movie you don't want to watch. It doesn't make you lesser. And let's just say that there are a lot of people that were way more mad at the animal deaths in the movie than the horrific, brutal killings or rape.
1: Rape the scenes, the treatment of, you know, human beings and things like that. You know, fuck? it's fine. And um, just to give you your extra like nerd t- tidbit, the the name of the documentary within Cannibal Holocaust, that is the found footage aspect of it, was called, going to be called The Green Inferno, which is where Eli Roth got the name for his, we'll call it an homage to Cannibal Holocaust. But yeah, you know. it's, a, it's a thing. I also feel like, you know, without Hannibal Holocaust, we don't get Eli Roth, at least not to the extent we have him now. Oh.
0: I know. Man, that, man. <laughs> Look
1: everybody's got different feelings. And, you know, it's it's something to acknowledge that, like, whether or not something is my he jam... He hosts I a l- good horror show. He does. I love Shutter. him as a horror historian. He is an Absolute. amazing horror historian. But, you know, just because it's not my jam doesn't mean that I don't love seeing those connections. And likewise, the film that you are going to discuss is also responsible for some innovative camera work and some... Oh, big time. echoes. So lead us down the pathway to that... First cabin in the
0: woods. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, <laughs> tell I mean, us about the Evil Dead. What can I tell you about Sam Raimi's Evil Dead that you don't already know? Because it is one of the uh, most famous like indie horror films ever made. Only a couple years after John Carpenter's Halloween and a bunch of buddies from, from college decided to get together and make a movie in the fucking woods with a cabin and a mm-hmm. shitty car. And man, did they... They, I think they got their loans from a couple dentists or some shit. Yeah. In any case, uh, Sam Raimi uh, famously cast uh, Bruce Campbell in the lead role. Bunch of college kids going to a cabin in the woods and discovering some unspeakable evil from a book of the dead. Mm -hmm. we're talking about evil dead and as far as its entrance into the video nasties list it was on the uh it was on the non-prosecuted side it was banned for violent content Mm. they only cut out 49 seconds of the movie was it it the tree rape scene no what no it was 49 seconds from axe blows. There was an eye gouge and a pencil stab in the leg. Surprisingly, the tree rape scene was not an issue. Again, this is you know this is remarkable that uh, makes no sense. Okay, all right, okay. because the tree rape scene is the most disturbing. Yeah, it uh, is entire sequence of that film. It
1: is definitely skin crawling and you know while you can place that hopefully firmly in the world of fantasy is still something that makes you maybe take another look when you go on those those hikes
0: um, that's definitely like if i was a shitty censor some conservative shitty censor from the 80s that would be the thing i would drill down on right <laughs> okay <laughs> if i was that person I I would be like, eh, you know, axe blows, ice gouge, you know, that's all gross and all. My God, but they're like, fucking everything. But goddamn, <laughs> a damn branch <laughs> What up that coochie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that's hardcore. Like that's that's terrible. Yeah. In any case, um, what do I need to say about the movie? It really it, it was talk a re- about it like like as if I hadn't seen it.
1: You know, tell me tell me about the Evil Dead like I've never seen Evil Dead.
0: Well, I mean, it's a brilliant. It, it is a quintessential use of a limited budget to make a passion project movie which was a a horror movie in the woods unspeakable evil gets awakened Mm -hmm. people have to deal with it everyone ends up basically dying Mm -hmm. your protagonist ends up having to kill his girlfriend after she turns it's amazing i almost like as much as i love this movie i really have to say i love evil dead 2 more because Mm -hmm. it's really kind of a remake of the movie with a little bit more budget and it's funnier. Yeah, but I mean, it's Evil Dead.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's we all we all know quintessential Evil Dead. horror viewing. It is definitely definitely something that I would place high on the list of if you're if you are starting to explore the horror genre, Evil Dead is definitely one that you should check out. You know, for the for the do it yourself attitude, for you know the the sh- the shaky cam the you know oh, yeah. like all sorts of things that they that they did and that
0: sam Raimi um, the atmosphere there's a reason he has an amazing career is because he was an innovator in his own way mm-hmm. you, you know i mean he still makes huge movies yeah and i gotta say like the most recent marvel thing that he did was such an homage to evil dead and mm-hmm. his old movies like i fucking loved it but that was the only reason I liked it. <laughs> to be honest, like it was just like the, the fast zooms and and the, the crazy like sequences. The film is amazing. Now, would I have ever thought that it would be you know censored for a video nasty? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel. It's not on the same level as *Cannibal Holocaust* in any way, shape, or form. As far as brutality, as far as like grossness, as far as explicit sexual violation, animals dying on screen, like right. But we're you know we're talking you
1: know? about the width and breadth of what was right. what was attempted to be prosecuted, and you know, was was Evil Dead ever banned um, for a while, like, or was it just? that they they weren't able to prosecute and so they said all right we'll make these cuts and we'll release it or was there no like, it, a later date uh, it was then? finally
0: released in the uk in 1990 okay about so, a decade later so that's still a huge chunk of time it you is know? And, and, and it is but i mean it still boggles my mind because the thing that they weren't judging it on is the one thing that i would have thought that they would. Yeah, they would it have was actually banned it for Literally my first question to you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, a giant branch vaginally penetrating. like, yeah. like Invading
1: some, a human body in what is considered the most
0: intimate of ways. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, that wasn't the thing. But suffice to say, like, it's a very recognizable movie that did make this list. And um, I would definitely say that in future episodes, there's going to be a lot of more obscure titles. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that uh, we're going to be talking about here and there but um there's definitely gonna be stuff that are going to be as recognizable as cannibal holocaust and evil dead
1: oh yeah absolutely there will be things on both sides of that fence Mm -hmm. and you know it is exciting that a lot of these are more readily available at the very least in the u.s um some are available on streaming services now which is you know wild to think about that we went from this like total ban to streaming and that's a whole other thing yeah that i want to say i think eventually um, we'll get into the last time i looked
0: this was a couple weeks back but i i want to say shutter has a almost more than a quarter of these movies
1: yeah they've got a huge chunk cannibal holocaust should still be on there actually yeah which i don't believe is the i, I believe it's
0: the uncut version i think they might even have two ways to watch it oh, okay that's possible cool i can't remember or maybe that was they were just talking about that on the uh joe bob episode i can't mm. remember but there are a lot of 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 these films on shutter and the ones you can't find i'm sure you can find elsewhere if not uh well you know there are ways there's always ways
1: (laughs) that's true and if you guys enjoy this episode then maybe what we might start doing is letting you guys even vote on like the next ones that we're gonna watch um you know give you a handful that like we've got easy access to for each category and then pick that combo and Groots and i are going to switch off of like who's talking about the prosecuted side who's talking about unprosecuted but like i said the plan is for us both i think you've seen pretty much all of these um i've seen
0: a good amount i i I, I did I an inventory it. recently and there's only eight that i don't have that you don't own and Correct. or that you haven't seen that i don't own okay
1: Nice.
0: There are some in this list uh, that I have not that I own, but I have not seen yet.
1: Okay, so just we'll because be, we'll I don't be
0: have as, as much time as I want.
1: Legit. Would, would that we could just have it be our full time gig to watch films, discuss them, and um, you know show
0: them to the masses for for joy, entertainment, and we need to figure out how to make B movie uh, content like like podcasting, mm-hmm. uh, like a Twitch streaming sort of revenue thing.
1: Hey, we can work on that. Look, I'm I'm down I'm down to figure this
0: out. Got so to if figure you it out. there's there's motherfuckers out there making six figures and just playing video games and talking about look, it. look man I'd can. be happy to make five bucks. So you know show
1: Murphy a little Word. love, show <laughs> us that monetary love. And I think um, that just about wraps it up for us. Unless you've got do you have any closing notes that you want to say about the video nasties, Evil Dead, or the things that you're like really hoping to get into throughout the course of this series uh
0: all i can say is that i'm super excited i love this idea i loved it as soon as you mentioned it as as the words were coming out of your mouth (laughs) video nasties i was like oh my god why didn't i think of this earlier no this is a perfect idea for the podcast. It's it's a way, it's it, a couple things. It's a way for us to dive into a bunch of genre shit that mm-hmm. like, I usually can't convince uh, guests to watch. But also, it's a way for us to kind of go through a bunch of stuff that uh, a lot of other podcasts aren't talking about yeah or you know like a lot of these movies are problematic Mm -hmm. in certain ways and but we're going to talk about them and we're going to get through it and it's going to be a super fun time yeah and i'm looking forward to re-watching some of these i'm Mm -hmm. i'm I'm 100 percent in like this is the best idea i've heard (laughs) i'm so excited for this i'm I'm so so glad glad you you, you mentioned this murph
1: thanks dude I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that. I've been, I was really excited and hopeful about the idea. And it was like a personal goal of mine that I want to see. And I also want to own all of these films. And, you know, the the purpose of us watching this isn't to to judge the content of the past. And, you know, we'll discuss it a bit. But, you know, these films are what they are and we're discussing them in their as their place in, in cinema history yes. and how they relate to what we're doing now, the things that we should and shouldn't do, maybe. Um, but, you know, I'm just really stoked to dig into this and to see what else there is to learn about some of the individual subgenres that we're going to, to cover and everything else. So I'd really love to... Get some additional discussion going about, you know, the video nasties, the, the ones that you love, the ones that you don't love, what you wish, you know, you could see completely uncut with fresh eyes, that sort of thing. Like Maybe I, in the
0: future we can even uh, come up with ideas for a movie that would have been classified that way. Mm-hmm had it been released in the 80s or something you know oh like. my god are you asking
1: me to get uh, are you asking me to get nasty Groots <laughs> oh,
0: no no that's the whole point we're yeah, getting no, nasty on this shit get nasty, but that's all that's all in the future out.
1: it's yeah we'll see what the future holds but this this is the very beginning of BD Gets Nasty and I am so thrilled for all of you lascivious schlockheads out there to get uh, to get gross with us so for Beautiful Disasters I have been Murphy I'm the Groots. Let's get nasty, baby.
0: Scotty P here,
1: with Smash, on your left, and we are the Geek Fathers, that's right, bringing all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent, so welcome to our world, and as always, join us, or cry.